0: Welcome to No Instructions, I'm Bob. I'm Josh. How you doing? I am well. We missed last week, didn't we?
1: Yeah, because we were uh, gearing up for our live coverage of the 2020 election. (laughs) So I'm very (laughs) glad that everybody tuned in. (laughs) Yeah, so anyway. (laughs) This in-depth analysis.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't remember why we missed last week, but
1: we just did. I don't know, we were busy. You were making a bathroom.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. Yep. Mm. Uh, yeah. You make a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we're going to... I'm I'm just going to say this. We're going to completely avoid political discussion. Yeah, we are. 150%, because as of the recording, we don't want to talk about There's it. nothing
1: to talk about. <laughs>
0: yeah. There's there's nothing to talk about at this point, And you don't really want to hear what we would talk about after this point. So we're just going to move on. How is life? How is, how is things? How are I things? I have...
1: Well, I have failed at my decree. Uh-oh. Yeah. Um, election Day was yesterday. Mm-hmm. And then today is the aftermath of Election Day. And I vowed to stay. I stayed off social media almost all day yesterday. And I didn't want to see anything election-related. Um, somebody gave me a link to a YouTube video that I, I wanted to watch, and I accidentally went to the YouTube homepage and saw, like, thumbnails and stuff, so I got annoyed. Mm. So yesterday, uh, to not pay attention to election news, my wife and I watched every Halloween episode of The Office (laughs) with a glass of wine after kids went to bed. It was Hmm. pretty great. It was a good good way to spend election night. It might be a new tradition. Hmm. I didn't realize
0: that there were, I mean, I guess it makes sense that there was probably one every season.
1: No, there wasn't actually. Oh. I just wouldn't have thought about
0: there being multiple, you know.
1: I thought so too, but I, I wasn't sure which ones they were, and conveniently there's a bunch of nerds all over the internet who made a very nice list as soon as I Googled it. Thanks, nerds. Yeah. But there was one, for all you office nerds out there, there was the one where Jim put book on his face. Do you remember that one? <laughs> Daryl took like some kids through the warehouse, and he was like, ooh, there's some spooky stuff. he's like, and there's old book face over there. <laughs> <laughs> and then Michael, like jokingly hung himself, like had a noose around his neck and committed suicide in part of the warehouse. And he was like, ah, and it scared all the kids. And then he stopped and he's like hanging from this thing. He's like, remember kids, suicide is never the answer. So it got really serious. <laughs> oh, gosh. And that whole scene after it initially aired was cut. Oh really? So the episode, it was like, Oh, go to season five, episode six or whatever it was. Um, I don't remember which one now. Anyway. Hmm it said it was a halloween episode i'm like there's nothing about this that's halloween and i couldn't figure out where the thing was and then i looked it up I'm like oh they pulled it and so it's been edited for content
0: interesting well yeah i could see that kind of makes sense um uh i was gonna say, oh brooklyn Nine Nine has a halloween episode every season and oh oh no oh no
1: did something wrong. Are you gluing something on your snowspeeder that you shouldn't be gluing? Well,
0: I mean, I glued something, and I think it's just, like, not in line, and now I have to glue something else on top of it. Anyway, Brooklyn Nine-Nine uh, does this, uh, I guess it's Halloween. Is it Halloween?
1: Mm-hmm. They d- Holiday with candy? Well,
0: <laughs> no, I mean, in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. They have a, uh, this, whatever, the story's gone. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Brooklyn Nine-Nine's a good show. You should go watch it. It is a good show. Um yeah so well that's that's cool it sounds like a good tradition we didn't do anything for halloween um this year we just i mean you guys came over and the kids played a little bit we didn't do any trick-or-treating and (laughs) any of that stuff my youngest (laughs) yesterday was like halloween heist that's what it is thank you anthony i knew i wasn't crazy um yesterday my youngest was just like it doesn't even seem like halloween should be over yet we didn't even get to trick-or-treat we just had a super like Oh, man. Yeah. You know, I feel bad for him, but that's the way it is right now. Sorry. This
1: Halloween was a huge bunch of concessions for our kids. That They, we got, they were really excited about costumes, and we usually kind of forget to the last minute about costumes, but my wife went out and was like, look, we'll, we'll get them the thing. And so they all got decked out, and we are not comfortable right now, especially with, like, the third spike in U.S. cases of coronavirus to let mm-hmm. them go door-to-door. So someone from our church um, was doing like a citywide—oh, geez, what did I do? I broke a piece. Anyway, Uh-oh. A citywide like drive-through of the big park that we have, and they would like give out candy in the in the cars in a very safe and controlled way. And we're like, yeah, okay, well, we'll do that. And so we had to explain to them why we are going to the park in the car and not doing traditional stuff. And uh, a friend of ours was in line, because you have to drive through the big park we have, said that it was backed up for like a mile. We're like, oh, man, so we better just kind of go. Another random piece fell off of this. (laughs) This is not good. (laughs) We're not having good luck today on the building things. (laughs) Um, So whenever we got in line, it was all the way downtown. So it was four miles? No, it was about three miles long. That's crazy. And then they ran out of candy an hour early and shut it all down, and everybody got really disappointed. But... She is not affiliated with the city at all. It's something that she just kind of put together and asked community partners to be a part of. And I was really proud of her for taking that initiative and doing that. And then the response from the city was overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So then we didn't get to do that. So then we're like, look, I mean, we're just going to the grocery store and buying some candy and then our wives talked and they were like, Oh, you just come on over here. And so we pulled up in your driveway and we just kind of combined the candy that we purchased with stuff you already had. And then they played the, the rest of the day.
0: Yeah. I mean, we did the same thing. We just bought candy that day. So we had some at the house. I'm like, well, this is all you get guys. Sorry. Yeah.
1: Did you have any trick or treaters come up? Uh, we did
0: and we didn't answer the door. We, I mean, we did the thing where we didn't turn the lights on and you know, people should take that hint as, uh, Go away. Nobody here. Your kids. But they didn't, which is kind of odd, because uh, I mean we we kind of do that usually anyway. Because usually we're out trick or treating with you guys. Um, you know the families go out together, mm-hmm. and so nobody's here to give out candy. So we usually just leave the
1: light off anyway. But um, we still had people knocking on the door. Like, well, we had somebody. We hurting. had when we got back to our house, we had one girl knock on the door, whose parents we driving them around different neighborhoods because I saw their their car and the parent didn't get out. And that girl did not have a mask. And they didn't know if we had masks or not. Hmm. And I remember thinking, like, that's... Yeah, I'm going to say that's very irresponsible, I think, of that parent. Yeah, I agree. And it, it caught me. It caught me off guard. And I, even on Halloween, where it's completely acceptable to wear a mask of some kind. <laughs> kind of encouraged. <laughs> yeah, like just to do that and not know who these people are and to not protect yourself in any way uh i was very disappointed in that i've had to
0: i've had to kind of readjust my perception of people who don't want to wear masks locally here every time i've gone out every time i go to a store it seems like oh like almost everybody seems to be on board with it Mm -hmm. like it or not you know they're on board with it and they do it but Every once in a while, I'll see somebody in the middle of a store that has a big you know, mask required sign or whatever, and they're still in there with no mask on. And my initial reaction is like, sorry if you're listening and you don't wear masks, mask, but my initial reaction is how selfish. It doesn't make any sense to me, but over the last couple of months, I've had to readjust that a little bit because I know some people who are super kind, uh, who care about other people a lot, and still, just don't find it important enough. And so, my adjustment that I'm trying to make is that that's not a fair assumption on my part to just assume that that means that they don't care any about anybody or that they have, you know, they think it's all fake or anything like that. There's probably just stuff going on that I don't know about. Uh, because I do know people who I know are kind and giving and care about the people around them, and they still just don't see it as a priority. You know, it's not that they're mean. It's not that they want to hurt anybody. They just It just doesn't seem like that big of a deal to them. So
1: trying to temper my reaction
0: a little bit to people.
1: Well, I'm very proud of you for doing that. I am less forgiving.
0: <laughs> well, I, I mean, I want to give people in general, in all things, like the benefit of the doubt, you know. Mm-hmm. And
1: I don't know. That is exactly why I get upset with that is that it's an individual choice. Hooray. We're Americans. I, I, will, I have worn that flag into battle. I will stand behind this country. Congratulations. But we are a collection of individual people that have to work together in a society. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, right now, our society demands this of us. We were not born into a, a World War II era where we are not allowed to to wear nylon or we have to get ration coupons to be able to go to the store to get sugar. or like, our lives are not disrupted all that much. You're asked to wear a face covering so that you can protect yourself and the people in your community from getting sick. That is it. Yeah. And to be like, no, how dare you infringe on my civil liberties? Like, part of me is like, I understand that. Sure, I understand that you have civil liberty. I understand that I have them, too, and I will fight for them tooth and nail because I don't want to live under a dictatorship. But when the situation demands it, we as a society should also be responsible enough and hold hands under a rainbow enough to be able to care about one another and eat a little bit of a hardship. And I say hardship in the yeah. white peopliest <laughs> ter- of terms. <laughs> This little bit of a minor inconvenience. Yeah. And so when I see somebody that doesn't, that's like, you don't want to be part of the of the group.
0: Well, and I guess what I'm saying is that I've had to try to hmm. How do I say it? You're caring about individual people, and I I respect that. Well, no, it's not even that. It's that I don't think all the people that I see who are not wearing masks—I don't know how we got to this. I don't really want to talk about this. But I don't think that all of those people are, you're infringing on my rights, peoples. I think some of them just, like, it's just not a big deal, and they think it's not a big deal, and they're not really that worried about it, which has its own problem. But I think uh, those people initially, in my mind, those two groups of people, those two attitudes got overlapped, and I don't know that that's entirely fair. I, I do think it's the very least we could do. I don't really want to talk about the masks anymore. Okay. Because <laughs> it's like it's like every subject that is on our minds throughout...
1: <laughs> Let's not talk about the election. Let's, Let's talk about the pandemic. Yeah,
0: all of the things that are present are terrible. And I don't want to talk about them, but they're the things that are present. Um. Yeah, anyway. Speaking of present, what are you working on? I am still working on the... Uh... Empire Strikes Back snows. I don't know why I had to look at the paper. I know this thing, but whatever. <laughs> star. The star? star. What's it, the space? Star space fleet. panels. Luke Skywalker's. Um, this is the snow speeder, Luke Skywalker's snow speeder from 1980. Um, and every time I do one of these models, these old school, you know, uh, model glue models, I realize how impatient I am <laughs> because yep. it's like you put a little piece on there and then you got to wait five or 10 minutes for it to stay so you can flip the piece over and do the next step. But how's your uh, your wiring going? This
1: is so confusing, but still kind of fun. Hmm. Like I'm putting in a retrofit kit into one of these Lego sets to have it light up. And I've never done anything like this before. So it's it's fun. And it has a little booklet for those watching the video. And it just has little panel by panel. Put this weird LED thing with this tiny little wire and run it through these little holes. And so you're trying to take apart this very itri- intricate Lego set to put something else in it and then put it back exactly the way it was. Does so
0: it seem like it's going to be one of those things um, that is going to be done really quickly? I mean, I know no. you've already put
1: a fair amount of work into it. No. But, oh. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> this was a good This was a good investment because this kit, comparative to the other Lego sets that we get for this show, was not very much, and it's going to last a little while because... Hmm. I've got a majority of this book. Oh, wow. I haven't even reached the center point of this little pamphlet.
0: Mm. Yeah. So, I know we talked about uh, Squadrons a little bit mm-hmm. recently. I bought Squadrons. I don't remember if I said that on here. Or we just talked about it off off the recording. But um, I bought Squadrons for the PS4.
1: What is Squadrons?
0: Squadrons is a uh, Star Wars flight simulator, battle simulator thing. Yeah. I don't know exactly how you classify it. But the only gameplay is flying spaceships and that gets a little bit weird in that um the parts where there's like a story mode Mm -hmm. and so a lot of
1: that is set
0: up about here's your mission and everything
1: anthony broke stuff again
0: yeah anthony's our producer by producing background noise (laughs) hey um anyway there's a story mode, and so you get briefed on, like, here's the mission, but make sure that you go talk to so-and-so about their part of the mission or about this. And so you have these, like, points where you have to listen to a person talk, a character, and they tell you a thing. New characters? Uh, yeah, they're all new. You know, they're just, like, pilots. They're oh. not characters you know of or anything. But the weird thing is the gameplay is the same. So when you're in those situations, all you can do is move your head around. You Like you're just like looking.
1: Oh, while they're talking?
0: Yeah. And so it feels weird that there's not a little bit of a different dynamic where you could walk around the hangar or you could do something. You can't do any of that. Mm. It's just like you turn to the left and there's an X on that door, so when you click X, you go through that door. Yeah. So that's the thing I don't like about it. But, but you're I, in a hangar, you're not yet in a spaceship. Uh in that part. Yeah, oh, uh, okay. once you get into once you grab your spaceship and it just takes you out. Um you know, it's like you click on the ship and then all of a sudden you're in space in the ship so there's not a lot of transitional stuff it's not like you're running to your <laughs> ship and getting it and then taking it out of the hangar or anything like that you're just excuse me you're just in space but the battles are super cool and i'm terrible at it <laughs>
1: like terrible terrible did you play any other flight simulator like ace combat or anything um
0: i played there was an f19 thing i had a long long time ago when i was a kid i played that one and then you know I've played the different Star Wars, like um, X Wing. Mm-hmm. I played that one a lot, but that's about it. I'm I've never been good at video games in general, and especially those where you're flying around and you you you're targeting something. We were talking about this earlier. You're targeting something that on a two-dimensional screen, it's telling you like it's to the left. The little thing says it's to the left. But then when you go to turn to the left, it doesn't. You don't have any idea if it's like. 180 degrees behind you to the left, or if it's right off screen, and so a lot of my flying time in those games is just trying to like, <laughs> where where are you just like, orienting until this thing crosses in front of my screen, and then I have to go back to try to get it in the middle, you know. And they're flying away from me, but I got a, a Hotas, so a Hotas, a throttle and a joystick for the PS4. Got it used on um, on eBay which is pretty cool because it looks like it's brand new. Mm-hmm. I got a lot cheaper. And that makes the game so much more fun. Just the feeling of having the throttle, you know, yeah. uh, and being able to steer with the, the joystick is really cool. One thing that is a little bit weird about it is that the role of the spaceship, no matter what ship you're flying, is twisting left and right of the joystick. So it's not pulling left and right. That's how you steer but you just have to twist your wrist to get the whole thing to roll. And since there's no up and down in space, there's a lot of rolling to try to orient yourself to where your brain thinks should be up and down or whatever your target is or whatever. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of that kind of getting used to weird little functions like that. It's a lot of fun though. It's a lot of fun. And I really hope that I can get a VR headset at some point for it because I think that will make it even stepped up quite a bit.
1: Well, you mentioned, like, in the hangar, not being able to really go do anything while somebody's talking. That is a drastic difference in some of the, the VR games that Lucasfilm and Star Wars have put out, that you have an area that you can go explore, and, like, people are talking and doing fancy stuff, and you just go play around, yeah. and, like, completely ignore what they're talking about, and then you get back to them, and they're expecting you to do something because they've explained this big, long piece of information. <laughs> You're like, huh? What? I was playing with a helmet that I found. What? <laughs> so it's good they don't have to repeat themselves (laughs) yeah i mean they
0: you can look around completely around the room but you just can't move and so you know it's they don't seem to care that you're not paying attention to them which is nice um anyway it's a fun game and i think i'll probably end up spending a fair amount of time playing it um as long as i don't get frustrated with how bad i am that's a lot of what video games are for me is like Mm -hmm. i want to do it I want to keep going on it. I want to finish the game, and then eventually, I'm just like, I've played this a billion times, and I'm just bad at it, and I'm done. So I don't want to get to that. But it's with a lot of the new um, Star Wars games, the last few, I guess maybe starting with Jedi Fallen Order. There's in the set- <clears throat> man, excuse me, in the settings. There's a, a option for like focus on the story. Hmm. So I assume it's the simplest, easiest option, you know, with the, the bad guys are the easiest to beat and stuff like that. But I always go for that because I don't want to be frustrated by my lack of ability. I just want to like you know, ease into it. I to, well, I want to move through the story. Like I don't, there's no pride for me in like I killed bad guy
1: number one on the hardest level. Like, oh, whatever. Yeah. I just
0: want to get to the next level and see what happens in the story. I don't care about that. So. Well, there but,
1: is a new VR game coming out, I believe next month. That is the um, the Galaxy's Edge game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that looked fun. What I have seen of it looked very fun. And now that the Oculus Quest 2 has come out, all the people that I subscribe to on YouTube that talk about VR, that's all they talk about is the 2.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm nervous because I haven't played my headset in a while that some of these games are not going to be backward compatible. So I'm a little so? nervous. I don't know. I mm-hmm. imagine like if I was a technology company and wanted to be a butt, I, that's what I would do. <laughs> so i don't put it past people to do that
0: yeah that's true
1: there was a game that i saw somebody play. oh man what's the name of this game it's a like first person shooter call of duty style that had a single word name i don't remember what it was but this dude jumped into a blackhawk and started uh being the door gunner in the blackhawk it was like my old job the gun was exactly the same for the most part, from what I saw, the outside of the helicopter, when you ran up to it, looked exactly the same. Hmm. One of the Call of Duties did that, but I had a different gun. The gun that I had I had used uh, once before, but the gun that we had hung all the time. This new game, like you can just jump in there and do it. And I think somebody is flying like another player can be flying, and then you have people crewing and shooting in the back. It was crazy. Hmm. Yeah, I watched a walkthrough of uh, this, this dude playing it. And then I was critiquing his style because I was a master gunner. And so I would teach people how to do the thing that that kid is doing. Yeah. And it would be like the guitar hero conversation. Like, oh, cool. I would jump in and then not be able to do the things that would feel natural to do. Right. And then I would probably mess up
0: and oh. be bad at it. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So as a as an ex-military
0: person, you don't have any, or I guess, do you have any reservation or any hesitation to playing
1: military-based games? For me or for my kids? For you. Um, it's relatable, but I mean, now, like when Call of Duty Modern Warfare came out, that was the cool game. It was a game that kind of represented where um, the current state of uh, at least the army was at the time. It was mm. in a desert combat environment, and a lot of the gear was the same. So it was extremely relatable, and I think now gotcha. the iterations of those games have moved to like a very futuristic, the forward yeah. version of that so it's less relatable and it just becomes more about like a military version of Fortnite rather than an actual one-for-one analogous military game mm-hmm. and even the army came up with their own game and i remember when I, oh yeah <laughs> it was bad No, yeah, it wasn't great that. but um I, I have on my oculus i think i have two, i have contractors and i have uh fart what's the other game the other one this is a game called Fart, probably. But there's two like first-person military shooter type games that are free on SideQuest. Gotcha. And then there's another one that's actually on the Oculus Store, but I heard that it wasn't as good, and you had to pay for it. Um, but those are fun. Uh, it's it's fun in a weird way because, like I said, I, I flew in helicopters, a helicopter crewman. I wasn't kicking down doors and. And in clearing individual rooms and things. Like I had done right. that in in training environments. But that wasn't my job. And so when I do it, I have a, a basic understanding of what I need to do. But the 10-year-old that's played that game for a month longer than me is better at it. Yeah. In that environment. Right. Because the, the stuff is not exactly the same. It is pretty cool because now... With with VR, you have the two different hand controllers, and one hand controller is on the grip of the weapon, and the other is on the foregrip. And you change magazines, you uh, load around, you, you pull charging handles on those specific weapons in the way that you normally would. Hmm. So it's not just like regular shoot 'em up game where you X drops a magazine, trigger finger loads a magazine. Like you have to do it in the way that that right. that uh, gun necessitates. And I think that level of detail is super fun. Uh,
0: yeah, the reason right. I was asking is because I think... I, I I guess I had an assumption that sometimes um, ex-military people may have just a distaste for that type of game. I you know don't know what I mean... Uh, not not mm. like it's traumatic necessarily or anything like that, but just kind of like a...
1: Uh, it is out. a competition-based game with guns. Most people in the military are going to be all for it. Gotcha. Because that's kind of what that personality or... like. It, it it's congruent with the personality type. I see. I would get off of a mission where we would go land on somebody's house and snatch people out of their house and then go sit down and play Call of Duty where we would do the same thing. Mm. And I remember the chaplain uh, came to sit with us one time when we got off of these missions, and this guy was, like, trying to, to talk to us and, like, you know, how are you guys doing? And we were playing Call of Duty. We had the the split screen. And we got really good at it, and it was really fast, just like most people who play those games. You know, you play GoldenEye, and you play, like, you know, pistols only. And I remember he was trying to talk to us, and we were getting so annoyed that this guy was trying to talk to us. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, well, you guys go through a lot. And we're, like, actively slashing people with knives in this video game. And then he was like, do you guys think that these games, like, desensitize you to death? like, I don't know, but shut up, because we're trying to play, and I'm trying to win. Yeah. And then right. he eventually caught on and started to play with us. And so the chaplain would play Call of Duty with us. Hmm. And it was a way to relate.
0: Yeah.
1: And so it was silly. I mean, I, I can't speak for all service members, but I, I would imagine that the mentality of people who join the military, is people that want that cool action adventure type lifestyle and video games allow you to live that out. Even if it's not your primary job, like mine wasn't. I thought the levels that I could fly around in a helicopter were neat. But that's what I did for a living, and my real job was cooler than that level. Right. And most of the games you're walking around not being in a hell There's not like an Airwolf VR game, Ooh. right? Climb Airwolf. to Mach Three and disengage the rotors. <laughs> <laughs> Airwolf, <laughs> Airwolf, love Airwolf. Gotcha. Well, I was just curious about that. Well, you should. How definitely- do you feel about those games? As someone who is not competitive and has no desire to be in that lifestyle
0: uh i mean i've always been incredibly frustrated with those types of games um not that i i don't hate them or anything but like i'm historically bad at them mm. <clears throat> and i remember when battlefront 2 came out it a star wars game but it's a, still a combat you know first person third person combat kind of thing I remember buying that on the first day. I pre-ordered it because I wanted the chance to jump in and play against people who were also playing it for the first time. Mm. Like if I can, ha- if I can ever have an even footing with people, it's today. Oh
1: yeah, okay.
0: And I did not have an even footing. Nope. And I'm like, well, this is this type of thing is not for me. It's not. I don't enjoy getting beat down because in that kind of game, for me, it's like I spawn headshot yeah Wait, you're you i didn't even i didn't see anybody yeah. how did i die all the you know like it doesn't make any sense that i don't even have a moment to get my orientation before i'm under attack so that stuff is not fun to me i prefer something like um uncharted where you're you know you're on a path and obviously you have to fight people and you get into little firefights and stuff along the way But it's not like you are just being hunted from the millisecond that you spawn. Yeah. That's just not fun. So I don't have anything against those games, but I do not enjoy them. I think it gives people
1: a false perception of what the military is whenever you play those games. And you get good at that one map that you know where to hide. Hmm. Or new people, they usually go left when we should all go right. And so I can camp out right here and just pick people off. So it's it's very strategy based, but it's strategy based in this one little tiny yeah. block of the world.
0: Right.
1: And <laughs> or people that play airsoft, like we were we were talking about airsoft guns recently, and it's the same thing. People get really really good at feigning the, this military action, which is it, it's entertaining and it's neat. It's like playing paintball, but it hurts more if you get hit in the wrong spot. Mm. But there's so much more to the the military than like running around in the woods or playing the video games. But right. Yeah. Those are the the most exciting parts. It's the G.I. Joe part. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. the TV show that everybody thinks. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Speaking of TV shows, have you ever watched
1: uh this is a Big Pivot? Have you ever watched The Wonder Years? Yeah. Did you like actively watch it when you were younger? I remember sitting down as a family and watching it. Oh. But I mean, I was a little It was a little above my age group. Yeah. But I remember sitting down. Was it Winnie Cooper was in The Wonder Years? Yep. So Jenny and I started
0: watching The Wonder Years. We ran out of shows to watch. And that came up and we were like, oh, yeah, I used to love that show. I'll watch that. Like I remember it being, uh, you know, it always had good kind of heart moments. Mm -hmm. And it was about a young kid. And I, I remembered pieces, but I didn't remember. And I knew it was in the 60s. But I And I watched it a lot, but at, when we went to start watching it again, I couldn't remember a lot of the details about um, the age of the main character or how far it spanned, anything like that. And I didn't remember, probably because I was a kid at the time, uh, the level of mature kind of family, multi-generational stuff that happens in the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... If you want something that will just kind of gut punch you on a regular basis into, oh, wow, like my kids are growing up. Oh, wow, I was a kid once. Oh, wow, my parents (laughs) were like that when I was a kid, and I didn't realize that they were feeling that thing. And if you want that type of thing over and over and over every episode, you should watch The Wonder Years. (laughs) It's really, really good. That sounds great. It's an excellent show. I didn't realize at the time, he started out as a seventh grader in the first season, and I was a seventh grader when that show came out. Hmm. So looking back on it, I realized that I identified with him a lot just because of that, even though his storyline took place before I was born. So mm-hmm. the, you know, the society was very different. Um, the stuff that was happening in his life and in the world at that time was very different. So I guess that's why it seemed further away, but now yeah. watching it, I'm like, Oh yeah. Like I remember thinking I was I was the odd man out in that way too. And I remember thinking about girls all the time in the same way that he think, and not knowing what to do with myself and not yeah. knowing like how to handle this thing. And, and with having now a 13 year old, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, I'm like, Oh, this may give me some kind of weird outside glimpse into like remembering the things that I went through yeah. and that I had to deal with at that age. So I can just be more aware of them. We're not going to let the kids necessarily watch it. It's not a bad show, but it covers a bunch of stuff that we're not ready to have conversations about yet. <laughs> so, um, But we've been really enjoying it, and it's brought up a whole lot of kind of real life... Um, what's the word? Reflection? Yeah, reflection, I guess, is a good way. Or, or, like, these are things we're going to have to deal with pretty soon. Mm. Or, you know, it, like in that show... He's the main character. starts as a seventh grader. His older brother's like two or three years older. And then his older sister is almost at a high school. So they have the gamut of seventh to 12th grades, totally different personality types. And they're all moving into different parts from season to season, different parts of their lives. And so that's been kind of interesting to watch, like this character who I kind of identified with just from nostalgia being like, oh, he's moving into high school and this other one is moving from high school into college and me thinking like, oh, my kids are going to be at the like high school to college age in just a couple of years, Mm -hmm. (laughs) not that far away. And so it brings up a lot of that type of stuff, just realization and um, reflection type stuff. But it's very good. I would highly recommend. If you can, if you can like handle the occasional like, oh, that's rough. Kind of, you know, like internalizing something that you see mm-hmm. in the show as like, oh, I'm going to have to deal with that. Like, that's kind of a bummer. One of the interesting things, the things that have stood out the most to me about it is that the dad on The Wonder Years is like this...
1: Yeah, he's a big, like, butch kind of guy. Like, yeah. the
0: big, like... Yeah, he's a big dude. He, he's like Fred Flintstone.
1: Yeah. That's a good one.
0: Yeah. And he's grumpy. Yep. And he's the quintessential... I walk in from my day job with my loose tie around my neck. Dinner better be on the table. Dinner's on the table. Uh, you know, every day he walks in the door, his wife hands him a drink, like she's already made it, and he walks in and she hands it to him, and he goes and sits in his chair, and it's like such a bummer to watch that. i like, oh, that was. I know it's a show. I know it's fake, but <clears throat> like that was this kid's. That was his dad. Like that's how it was all the time. Not all the time. Most of the time. But he starts to open up over the over the episodes and over the seasons. But looking at how he interacts with his kids and how he's doing everything he can to provide for them. He works in a job he doesn't like and he you know, spends all this time and effort saving money and trying to, you know, be frugal to provide. But then that zaps so much of his personality and so much of his motivation to actually be with his family. And I'm like, oh dang, like I can feel that. Everybody can feel that. And I guess if nothing else, watching it, the show has brought that to my mind because I can catch myself doing not the same thing, but a similar thing and being able to kind of like, well, I'm focused on this for your own benefit. So just stay over there and stay out of my way and let me focus on this thing because it's helping you. It's putting food on your table. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Instead of being like, the job and the other stuff is an enabler for me to be able to be with them fully mm-hmm. and to be the better father. It's not It's not to make sure that they have pants and food. it's It's just like a, a tool that I have to use, but there's a there should be a better line in between the way my heart and my brain focus on work and the way that my heart and my brain focus on my kids. And I think that line, can get out of whack really easily and so seeing a, an extreme example in that show and identifying with the kid and identifying with the dad hmm. has been like oh hmm. <laughs> i can feel both sides of that it's and i need deep. to i need to be a little more cautious about you know that not having that you're welcome attitude because yeah. it's super easy to do that so anyway i would i would suggest it it's a good show And there's like seven seasons or something so we're about halfway through um i remember my friend i don't want to say his name lives in town but i don't think he would appreciate it he had a big crush on winnie cooper i mean everybody had a crush on winnie cooper but
1: winnie cooper's like an astrophysicist yeah yeah
0: she's that's amazing something but like um he had like a like a post wonder years crush on winnie cooper (laughs)
1: For a long time. <laughs> Is there a TV character that you have a post kind of
0: uh, TGIF
1: style crush on?
0: Um, hmm. Probably. Uh, Punky Brewster was in an episode of the show.
1: As a crossover or her own character? No, no, no. Character? She
0: was a different character, okay. but it was the same actress. And I had completely forgotten about her, but then I remembered seeing her in the show and being like, Oh, I used to think she was super pretty. Like, yeah. as a—I mean, she was a kid. I was a seventh grader or whatever, but th- that's the only one that comes to mind. I'm sure there were some, you know, actors, actresses that I probably thought about for a long time. What about you?
1: I'm trying to remember her name. It was the girl from Saved by the Bell. Which one? Uh, Jessie? No. Uh, Jessie was intimidating because she was very tall. <laughs> I don't know her character's name, but Tiffany something? Tiffany Amber Thiessen, Or whatever her character's name was. Yeah. Yeah. Janet? I don't, I don't know what her name was. Gert? <laughs> Good old hot Gert. Hot Gert. <laughs> what was her name? I don't remember. Kimberly? No. There's only like four 80s girl names. It was Tiffany, Stephanie, Kimberly, Brittany. <laughs> Jessie? Uh, no, Jesse was the other one. Jesse was the other one. Lisa was the Lisa? other girl.
0: I don't know. I actually Man. don't think I watch that show very yeah, often. People I listening, you have good. to
1: yell a little
0: bit louder yeah. into your speakers for me to hear you. hear you. You have to yell back in time so that it we can hear you right now. Kelly, her Ke- name was Kelly.
1: Kelly, her name was Kelly. Sure. I got it. Thank you. I heard you. All of those <laughs> people that yelled. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Mm-hmm. I've also been watching a show that has had a, an unforeseen impact on me. Hmm. Okay. Is Doctor Pimple Popper? Oh, gross. Gross! Yeah, yeah, it is. It's gross. It's super gross. But it is probably the most honest and like heartwarming and empathy-inducing show that I have ever seen. Okay. Yes. So you think like all these people got this big like lump mole thing on their back that pops out cottage cheese? It's super gross. Fact, it's gross. (laughs) (laughs) But like the. (laughs) They, to find these people, like they go out and they're like, oh, my name is Dan and I'm 34 and I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma and I got this growth on my head. And then it's, this thing has kept me from doing the, the things that I love in life Mm. and it makes me feel like an outcast and it makes me feel like I am unwanted and no one can see me for me and people hate me and I get made fun of or like they have, it's the, the, the honest place that these people on the show have to come from is so bold and just, hmm, like, I can't even think of the word to describe, like, how how brave people are to be that honest on national television. And to think, like, like so vul- many people like are, like, vulnerable. Yeah, they're like, I went to a doctor. I went to all these doctors. They tell me, like, oh, it's nothing to worry about. You're fine. And they send you away. And so they, just, they feel just dejected from people who were supposed to be there to help. Hmm and they've had to live with it and you think in your head like what why in the world would you live with like a cantaloupe sticking off of your hip and people like i hit it on things or like i I," and it's just they start crying on the show so many people start crying because it's coming from a very vulnerable honest place you're like man this is terrible like i don't it makes you feel bad the people get teased and stuff and and then she goes there, and or they, they go to her office, and the, the doctor walks in, and so many people just bust out crying as soon as they see this doctor walking in because she's just this potential hopeful solution to their problem that they've had for for years, right? Hmm. A super debilitating thing, and then she just like, oh yeah, that's a lipoma, or that's a sister, that's a blah blah blah, and then. They roll over, and she stabs him with some uh, Novocaine, and then she, like, rips out this chunk of raw chicken out of this person's Ew. bump. Yeah. And they're like, that's it? She's like, yep, all done. Yay. And then they see this, like, little scar or a gnarly-looking scar. or People have stuff that is a medical condition, but you would look like that person is a leper. Yeah. And she just, like, cuts a whole bunch of them off to where you think, like, is that really an improvement? Like, you you got rid of the big ones, but, like, there's still a lot. These people are crying. They're like, you changed my life right now. Hmm. And it's so impactful. And, yes, if you don't like gross pimply stuff, like, there's there's points <laughs> that you should look away because it's nasty. But it is such a a personal story that is not fabricated. It's not scripted. It's... Hmm. Honesty. And then she changes people's lives by like popping a big massive cyst on their <laughs> hip that they've had for 20 years. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't
0: mean, know that I could get past that part of it personally, but. Understandable. But that's interesting. Completely
1: I didn't, understandable. I didn't realize that the show wouldn't you know, cover that part. No, because so. I'm a weirdo and I kind of like that stuff. And I like medical type shows that like, I want to see some surgery. Let's see it. And I thought that's what the show was. Yeah. And then I'm like, I feel really terrible for this person. Or if I would have seen them in the story, I'm like, whoa, ew, what is that thing? Like, come on, man, you gotta get that thing looked at. Hmm. And then the little personal story where they might be out with their their friends or revealing to their loved ones this thing they've been trying to keep. And their loved ones are like, that's disgusting. Like, why don't you get that thing taken care of? And just that like pushback hmm. that they get. It just like adds on top of that person's internal grief. And it it allows you to try to form a little bit of empathy for something you may not have ever experienced and you think is repulsive. And then seeing, like, that person's reaction to everybody around them thinks they're repulsive. Oh, yeah. And then in, you know, the end of the episode, it can be gone. And it's something that, like, we've talked about before, like, projects around the house or things that you think are, are so, so huge in the amount of effort that it's going to take. So you put it off and you put it off. And I think that's what it is. Or they're just, like, scared to find out what the problem actually will be. And then when it's solved... That just massive weight that's lifted off of people, like physically and metaphorically, <laughs> and just to see this new person, yeah, that is so empowered and just so changed by just this one simple kind of gross like action, is such a heartwarming hmm. just story all together around. It's such a good story, but it's gross. If you don't want to watch it, then don't watch it. But just yeah. close your eyes and it'll be over soon. <laughs> Yeah,
0: I will uh, absolutely take your word for that. That
1: is surprising. (laughs) I am convinced that they have additional Foley artists in the edit of this show. Oh, I bet. Adding gross squish noises. (laughs) And then I watch it, and I'm like, I wonder what they're using to add that additional sound effect. (laughs) And I bet that may look nastier than what's actually happening. So, yeah, that's true. So what you should do is look for
0: the Foley artists listed in the... Ooh. The credits of the show, then look up that person's reel and see if it shows if you can see them mm-hmm. doing. I don't know if foley artists like show how they make their sounds. Should, it'd be
1: interesting. foley art is such a fun thing to see. That would be cool. I I loved that watching somebody like oh and you're watching the Pirates of the Caribbean. They're in a massive storm and there's just like some middle-aged woman and an old guy like beating on a sheet of aluminum, stomping around in fake shoes <laughs> on some corn chips. That's what made that sound. That's crazy to me. Have you ever
0: watched the, the thing on YouTube about um, Ben Burt making some of the original Star Wars sounds? Not not necessarily
1: like the robotic stuff, but the... I've seen where he like hits the the washer on the guy wire and it makes the blaster sound. Yeah. That's really the only one I've seen. It's
0: fascinating. Because you know, now I assume a lot of it is sampling and layering and stuff like that, and it's all digital. Not all digital, but you still got to get the samples from somewhere. But a lot of... Um, the original sound effects for movies like that you know they'd go to a zoo and they would just record all of the animals mm-hmm. and then lay all of those sounds on top of each other in different ways on tape and they would like splice together multiple pieces of tape so it was listening to
1: the same thing it's really really cool to watch but but again I, it's one of those uh, one of those things where you don't need additional sound to what i just watched to make me be more grossed out oh yeah yeah the visual is enough
0: oh i'm sure grody 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 well, we're 45 minutes in. Anything else you want to check? Do we through? have any anything? pros or cons or anything? Anything going on? Oh, we were talking about Fred Flintstone. This is another kind of similar thing to the TV thing. Okay. I mentioned Fred Flintstone earlier. You did. What the other there? day, uh, like I was talking about a couple weeks ago, my boy's birthday. You know, the two of the boys had a birthday there. And um, <laughs> this is how terrible we are as parents. We took one of them to Target, and he got to buy a sugar cereal for his birthday. <laughs> I mean, we, we took him, and he got some other stuff, and we were like, oh, yeah, just like, you know, it's a big birthday We Just get some candy and some sugar cereals, and we'll do stuff we don't normally do. It'll be I think it's cute that you call them sugar cereals and not just cereals. Well, to you us. Have,
1: you guys have to identify them as such just to yeah. shame them a little bit more.
0: Well, no, it's not that. It's just like we, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> so he got um, Fruity Pebbles. Sugar Fruity Pebbles. Sugar Fruity Pebbles. Evil. I'm just kidding. I would buy Fruity Pebbles all the time. Um, I'm not the one that makes those choices. But anyway, so he bought Fruity Pebbles, brought them home. And then the, the next morning, my second son went to get some out. And he's like pouring a bowl of them. And he says something about like, what's up with that guy in the front of the box? And I'm like, Oh. You've never seen Flintstones. Yeah. Like, how is that? It doesn't even make sense to me. That like, he's just never had, never had the chance to. Like it doesn't show anywhere. Yeah, I don't have them on like a disc. It's not like we're gonna go buy the, you know, four seasons of the Flintstones to go back and watch them to get the full story or anything.
1: The an origin story, <laughs> yeah. for Flintstone.
0: Um, his, you know, Barney's. Arc is really impressive over the course of the thing, but it dawned on me that he had probably never really seen the Flintstones, and so he was like, "Why is he wearing like a a gown?" Or I don't remember how he put it, but he was like, "Basically, why is he wearing a dress?"
1: Yeah, his nightshirt.
0: And I'm like, "Oh boring. well, he's night like shirt. kind of a caveman, but he also wore a tie and he had a job in a TV." And I was six like, six "Man, six we really okay, need man. to watch the Flintstones." It's, and then after I started talking about it, he was like, oh, yeah, his name's Fred Flintstone, right? And he has, like, a dinosaur, and I'm like, yeah. So he has seen it at some point. But it dawned on me that it was just one of those things that I guess I they know who Scooby-Doo is. I just assumed that they knew hmm. who the Flintstones were. but And they've seen the Jetsons some, somewhere.
1: I don't think my kids have ever seen the Jetsons.
0: They love the Jetsons.
1: Jetsons was a cool show. Yeah. I preferred the Jetsons over the Flintstones. Hmm.
0: It always felt like a, like a reformatting to me. Like, they... Flintstones did pretty well, and they were like, what if we just take the exact same situation and we put it 4,000 years in the future? Or I guess more than 4,000 years, but whatever. We
1: put it really far in the future. Well, we saw that the the cartoon show Animaniacs is coming back. Mm -hmm. It's coming to Hulu uh, the end of this month, I believe. And there's one shot in the little trailer that they made up where they're hanging out with Hanna-Barbera characters. Yeah. Which seems strange to me. It's a WB property. And I didn't know if Warner Brothers owned Hanna Barbera, but um, which could then. This is weird how the MCU has tried to put this weird <laughs> framework on. In the Animaniacs universe, Fred Flintstone could possibly exist. He could hang out with
0: Superman. Whoa, that's a possibility. Yeah, I mm. mean, if you think about the the potential crossover in all of those conglomerate companies, it's pretty crazy. Like you could have. Like Wolverine and Donald Duck
1: go on an adventure together, which would be ah, pretty fantastic. we talked about the Amalgam comics, the comic books oh, where yeah, DC yeah. and Marvel have mashed up. They need to redo those, but with just like the insane <laughs> property overlap that exists now. And I think out of anybody, like huh. it was Batman and Wolverine smushed together to create a character. Yeah. Uh, I think if there was a Wolverine with anybody, any Disney, it would be <laughs> Donald true. Duck. Yeah. He's... He's Probably. okay for a second, and then he's just going <laughs> to freak out on everybody.
0: Oh, it would be great, though. Oh, man. Yeah. But you could take any of the Marvel stuff with any of the Star Wars stuff, with any of the uh, you know, the kind of Disney stuff, with any of the Pixar stuff. Crossovers galore. Mm-hmm. That could be fantastic. And then on the Warner Brothers side, you've got all of the Animaniacs and Looney Tunes characters. So Porky Pig and, uh, I don't know, some... Warner Brothers uh, superhero. There's got to be a
1: good one. I can't think of a good combination right now. It'd be funny if they all paired up with like appropriate ones and then Porky Pig was just like looking around (laughs) and Green Lantern's over there just kind of looking around. They're like, don't pick me. And they both think that. See,
0: Green Lantern was the one I was thinking of, but I think there was actually a Porky Pig Green Lantern thing at some point. There was like a cartoon.
1: I don't know. I don't know. Porky Pig and Spider Pig or Spider Ham. Uh, Should meet and just high five. I know that that (laughs) is merging of the worlds. Yeah, but again, amalgam comics did it on purpose.
0: Hmm.
1: Ooh, Duck Dodgers—that'd be a good one. So
0: you could have Duck Dodgers Mm. and um, and like Aquaman. But he was Green Lantern already. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, Daffy Duck was Green Lantern at one point.
1: I wonder if Daffy Duck. It's so weird. So, Daffy Duck. Does not understand that there are the Mighty Ducks, there's Darkwing Duck, there are all the ducks from DuckTales. There is an entire Ooh. duck culture that he is completely unfamiliar with. He's all alone. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
0: Is he the only duck in the Warner Brothers universe?
1: Um, Animaniacs had a little duck. Really? Yeah. It was like a little kid duck that was cute and like got into hijinks. Oh, Yeah.
0: I forgot so about fell that. Fell down the
1: hole, stuff that fell yeah. down the hole. Was he that fell
0: down the hole? Yeah, yeah.
1: Forget about so that. So there's another duck, but he's a black <laughs> duck. There's at least two ducks. I don't know if Disney properties have a have a black duck. I I don't know if there are there black ducks. Surely, I don't know. Like, there's a black cat, right? There's a whole bunch of different types of cats. Are there black ducks? There's a bunch of different types of
0: ducks. So, I'm sure we're really in fascinating podcast territory. right I now. like,
1: we just did the Matt and Dustin marshmallow conversation. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. yeah. Black Those, ducks. Black ducks. White that ducks. duck is brown. Green
0: ducks. That one's got blue on it. That one's brown. All sorts of ducks. Anyway, I think this is a pretty
1: good place to wrap this one up because I okay, obviously a black duck. have nowhere to go with this. So. Where can people find you? Uh, On Instagram in a few days. Give me some time. I got (laughs) to let the world calm down first before I go on social media. At Josh underscore make stuff. You can find all of us
0: at I like to make stuff on all the stuff. Uh, Big thanks to our Maker Alliance members. Awesome, as always. Uh, We just got a
1: message from Forby while we were recording about stuff that we are going to be doing for the Maker Alliance. And he asked, is there any reason why we can't do this right now? And other than recording this podcast, I would say no. Hmm. Exclusive stuff, right? Yeah, exclusively for the Maker Alliance. There you go. Uh, If you want to check that out, uh, we
0: would appreciate it. Go to iliketomakestuff.com slash join and join the Maker Alliance. You get all sorts of stuff. There's a big list of things. You've heard me go through it. I'm not going to go through it again. I hope you're doing well, considering
1: the world. And Uh, the show that you did, the brain Pick episode you did with Alex Steele was very good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think you did a great job. It was As an OG, I like to make stuff fan. It was nice to hear those brain pick, that Mm. brain pick episode again. And the Maker Alliance people, another plug for Maker Alliance, they get the super secret after show stuff that no one else knows about. Mm. So I now know things about Alex Steele's business that people who like Alex Steele don't know. Yeah. Future stuff that he hasn't told anybody else.
0: Yeah. Um, And we got a bunch more of those coming up. I've talked to several people. I'm really excited about interviewing. It's just a matter of like scheduling and, and that stuff. So.
1: Uh, we need to get the, some cartoonists from Hanna-Barbera <laughs> and the WB on here so we can ask them about Daffy Duck. Yes. Whole episode
0: on Daffy Duck coming up in 2025. Thank you for listening and watching, everybody, and uh, we'll see you next time.